Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. Maddie D and I give our reactions to the final four of college football. That is right. The college football playoff matchups are out. Alabama playing number four, Oklahoma, and number two, Clemson playing number three, Notre Dame. We give our thoughts on that, the rest of the New Year's Six Bowls, and a couple of our favorite bowls around college football. We are going to give a more complete bowl season preview next week, but we talk about that. We talk about some other news, Urban Meyer's retirement, Kelly Bryant transferring, ton of fun. Then we move back over to the NFL. It's been a little while since we talked about that, and we give a little update on the Eagles. Big storylines going into week 14, different playoff scenarios that can play out. It was a ton of fun to record, though, guys, and I'm really curious to hear what you guys think. But as always, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Again, search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is where you need to go to find us there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. You got to make sure you follow us there. Maddie D is actually going down to Dallas this weekend for the Eagles-Cowboys game. So you got to make sure that you see what crazy adventures he finds himself in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Thunderblogsports.com is where you can find all of our great blog posts and the blog versions of these podcasts. You might be on it right now. But again, guys, ton of fun to record. Let us know what you think in the comments. Here we go. And we are live! Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun Beat Tailgate, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Card podcast feed. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. Joining me on this Wednesday morning is my man, Matty D! What's up, buddy? Finally. Finally, it is, it is done. And we have the bowls, my friend. We have a ton of bowls to choose from. It is like a smorgasbord of college football coming at you. And obviously we haven't finished it up. I don't want to I don't want to sell them short this week. Army Navy. Oh, yeah. Army with a great season. They can start a little bit of a winning streak here if you need to. So yep. yeah. Um yeah, I mean I'm excited though. I- I'm fired up. It was a great weekend. Great weekend. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome weekend of football. Um, it's kind of funny, right? Because it was, you had the SEC championship game and the big 12 ended up being the only two really worth watching. And the big 12 kind of turned into a dud at the very end. Um, I guess the PAC 12 game was pretty good. It was just low scoring and in a snowy environment. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was kind of a tough one. I mean, it was yeah for a conference that usually has a lot of offense. It was definitely a, Similar to the Apple Cup, it was a it was a low scoring affair. If you will. yeah, but yeah. you know, good on Washington taking care of business after they qualified from beating their arch rivals the previous week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Georgia obviously blowing the lead. It's good in my opinion, just because of the fact you don't fall into, and we'll get into this when we talk into talk more on the the playoff. But it it didn't put into a position that you had to then debate whether or not the you know two sec teams of the four and who you know 
how many conferences are we missing because Notre Dame is going to be in and, and everything. We'll talk about that more. Obviously, the four being Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Oklahoma. But, you know, it, uh, it's certainly a bummer for Georgia. When you saw the, the upset was coming and, and Tua ends up getting hurt, you thought, oh, what's going to happen here? Is this the... Is this the opening we were looking for? You know, if you're you're really tired of seeing Alabama raise the crystal ball at the end of the year, um, yeah. And then State, I mean, you knew that happened against North. You knew Poland hard and fast since beating Michigan, and you know Northwestern was going to have to keep it low scoring. It's hard to do that anyway. And now Dwayne Haskins, rightfully so, is a Heisman finalist. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, the the biggest news really this week that broke might have been well, not might have been it's uh, Urban Meyer stepping down. Yes, um, after the Rose Bowl this year, which is just a huge, huge deal, if you will. Um, you know, as a huge Ohio State hater, I'm still not happy to see him go for health reasons. That sucks. Second time in eight years he's had to step away from coaching due to. The issue with um, like there's a cyst, I believe, in his brain that's causing him a ton of pain. So it's a little sad, I think, just because you know he's he's a pretty damn good football coach. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's one of those. You know, it's you've seen this a couple times. It happened with Florida, and then he got you know pulled out of retirement for Ohio State. Um, yeah, we'll see. You know, I mean, hopefully, you know, wish him good health and everything, and and, and all of that, and hopefully he. Uh, you know, it, it, hopefully it's not the sign of a, you know, a terrible turn and, and, you know, we wish him the best. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see what their new coach Ryan day does for the Buckeyes, because, you know, obviously the, it seems at least that the big 10 West is going to be on the up and up and, you know, James Franklin is doing a good job at, at Penn state. We can, you know, discuss later of, you know, has Jim Harbaugh made, how big of an impact has Jim Harbaugh made and, can he finally get over the hump or is this going to be what does it? Um, or does he actually get, stu- does he get recruited away as every year? It seems like they're talking about trying to, somebody's going to try to recruit Jim Harbaugh back to the NFL, but you're know, keeping Ohio state good, p- keeping Penn state good, keeping Michigan good, even Michigan state. And, and really for the, the sake of the big 10 and keeping the conference on the elite level that it's at, because it has certainly had you know, its share of problems and I think that the title game sort of encapsulated that, the fact that that Wisconsin having such a down year exposed the Big Ten West. You know, we always knew that it was a the weaker side of the draw, but this year definitely showed that. And if the Big Ten West is on the up and up with P.J. Fleck at, at uh, I almost said Northwestern, at Minnesota, <laughs> with Scott Frost at Nebraska, you know, hopefully those programs start moving in the right direction. Hopefully the Big Ten East programs, specifically Ohio State, with their new head coach, stay there as well. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And and I would tell you, uh, this is not the same high profile. When when Jim Tressel was pushed out of Ohio State due to some off-the-field issues and Urban Meyer was brought in, I mean, you're bringing in a coach with some serious pedigree, obviously, from his time in Florida. This is not the same. I know that Ryan Day has ties, obviously, already. He's already there. So I don't think we'll necessarily have a problem with current recruits. But he certainly isn't the same name as Urban Meyer because Urban Meyer was a top five coach in, 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 in college football. You know, mm-hmm. It's Nick Saban, everybody else. But Nick Saban, Dab- you think of the top five, you think of Nick Saban, Dabo Sweeney, 
Um, and I think Urban Meyer might even slot in there at number three. Yep. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see, not in the next three to four years, but moving forward. I, I will tell you this. It is also going to be tough because Haskins can leave for the NFL, and he may. Yeah. So if he if he leaves, new head coach, new quarterback coming into next year, you know that's going to be tough. I think in this case, um, for the Buckeyes. Yeah, there might be a, a little window of rebuilding and kind of reestablishing themselves. Yeah. In a post. But it's Ohio State, so the expectation will be that that does not happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's that's what's going to be really interesting next year coming into yeah. the Big Ten I, East and I where the conference can go. Yeah, I do want to touch on one other under-the-radar, maybe, if you will, hiring that okay. happened this past week. Now, Clay Helton is staying mm-hmm. on at USC as the head coach, but he yes. is bringing in one of the youngest, most um, effective offensive minds in the game in, in the, the recently fired Texas Tech head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, who, by the way, was a dark horse candidate for the, for the Green Bay Packer job. If you yes. will. It's fascinating. So he's going to come in here and try to kind of revitalize this USC program that needs to kind of get back to some relevance and potentially save Helton's job moving forward. Um, mm-hmm. I'm fascinated to see what he can do because nothing against Texas Tech, but he is but he is now in, in, in a much more talent-rich environment oh, yeah. with USC. So it's pretty amazing. I also think, honestly, if you're USC upper upper brass, you've given an opening in case Helton struggles to just promote Kingsbury right into the the head head coaching role. Oh yeah, absolutely. And yeah. remember everybody that King, Cliff Kingsbury was Patrick Mahomes' coach. He was the guy who really got Mahomes comfortable and in, in in the Big Twelve. And granted, it's the Big Twelve, but think about the talent as you just said, Matt. That USC brings in that California quarterback talent and add Cliff Kingsbury to that. It's going to be insane. Yeah. This I mean, is going to be, by the way, he's basically the Ryan Gosling of football. Yeah. Man rocket for sure. I mean, whoo. And also he's pretty fucking yoked, but yeah, I think, no, it's a great move. And that's actually a really good point of bringing him in. And I think that's going to be a really, really good acquisition for the Trojans. Cause their team, we haven't seen them truly relevant. They kind of were last year with Sam Darnold, but we haven't truly seen them relevant in what, 10 years. And I mean, we grew up with seeing USC being this dominant force. They are PAC 12 football. I mean, really, if you really think about the history of the sport, I mean, it, it, the fact they haven't even gotten close to, or the closest they got to making the college football playoff was as a two loss champion last year. You know, we want to see them. We want to see them finally make it, and this this hopefully can help them get to that point. Yeah, no, I and and I will also say that it just makes hopefully for some great USC UCLA clashes. Oh yeah, well, Chip, Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly? Yeah. Versus, versus Kingsbury. I mean, by the way, this may only be a year or two. This is very similar, if you will, to Lane Kiffin. You know, going on as a coordinator for Alabama, right? Um, as he as he waited for a job that he wanted, I, Kingsbury doesn't go down. To, this is not Florida Atlantic. Like his next role, if it's if it's not in the NFL, his next role in college will probably be a um, 
a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? A a big time, you know, head coaching job in 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 the pros somewhere, maybe even back in the Big Twelve. But I don't know if he can reach red there. So we'll see what happens. Though I think it's fascinating. I was kind of hoping to see him in the NFL, to be honest with you. And anyway, I also want to make sure we touch on this coming weekend, this past weekend, excuse me. I mean, because it was a great slate of football. Even Iowa State and Drake <laughs> had a yeah, heated right? matchup, um, <laughs> which made me which which made me chuckle. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was, but really the game that I wanted to touch on was just the the SEC championship game because it was everything it was cracked up to be, um, <laughs> with with no other upsets really. Um, you know of the weekend that was the game that if you you know tuning into was incredible to see just just the but i mean honestly you could argue that georgia you could argue georgia's the second best team in the country after watching that game oh yeah absolutely yeah, yeah it was it was definitely uh it was an awesome game to to see we had a little bit of a spotty service while we were up at the lake house and if you have not seen our video on Instagram of us doing the beer toss, uh, go check that out. Nat, how's your hand feeling? It's good. But, still here. Still here. <laughs> still there. But yeah, no, it was, um, I mean, Tua goes out. Georgia looking like they're they're making this. The Russian is cut. They're, they're beating Alabama at their own game. I mean, it was incredible. And then Alabama with Jalen Hurts comes back and, and pulls this thing out. Just absolutely insane. I yeah, mean, there's no. nothing else to say about it. Bama showing their their dominance. And I agree with you. I think there is an argument that you can make for Georgia being number two, number three, number four. Uh, I do think them being out of the playoff is correct, but we can get to that in a little bit. But yeah, it would definitely have a weekend of, of other duds. Um, having a game like that is certainly something that is uh, much needed on a lower slate. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And um if you're, I don't know what what Hertz's plans are moving forward, but that you know, he, you know, I would hope he would find a way to go somewhere because he clearly just has, you know, enough talent to at least be a starter somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. It showed that Alabama isn't invincible, if you will, but once again, it's kind of hard because their potential Heisman Trophy winner was hurt, and, and even before his injury struggling to plant on that ankle, which is definitely a concern. Um, I think he's going to have a minor procedure, but obviously they have they have a good amount of time here to get him healthy. Um, yes. Because they're definitely going to need him against Clemson. Uh, oh, yeah. I would tell you. Um, by the way, if you're Pitt, <laughs> you, you, you want to try to upset Clemson, and you give up a 75-yard touchdown run in the first play of the game. I pretty much that's smoked tough. your hopes right there alone. Yeah, that's <laughs> tough. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, and then, and then obviously Oklahoma and Texas close early, but you know there's a reason Kyler Murray's heading to um, New York, and Sam Ellinger's not because he they they pulled away in particular in the second half where they really just took off and uh, and and beat Texas to uh, to me to earn a spot. At number four in that college playoff, they they won their conference, they won their conference championship game, and they lost to their rival on a last second field goal. Uh, nothing against Georgia, I know how good they might be, but they had two losses and they didn't win their championship. I think it was an easy decision in this case. No, I actually totally agree with you. I think that's why they deserve to be the number four. I think 
the committee did the exact right thing in putting Oklahoma in because they won their conference championship. And moreover, when you think of these conference championships games, you have to think of them as elimination games. Yeah. Even though I could, you could easily argue Georgia's number two. I think they're definitely a top four team in terms of a power ranking, but they didn't mm-hmm. win when they had to. And with these limited spots, you have to put some sort of weight to a conference championship. Yeah. I understand two years ago where Ohio State got in, where they had one loss and they lost to the Big Ten champion, and you put them in because they, you, know, you put them in over Penn State. I, I get that because Penn State had two losses and you're afraid of two lost teams, even though I don't totally agree with it. And last year with Georgia get, or Alabama getting in when Georgia was the champion and you had other teams that got screwed basically because they had two losses. I think this year the committee had the open degrees of freedom with a number of one-loss teams to be able to say no to having two SEC teams, and they had that ability. I don't know why the two-loss champion is such a big thing to be afraid about because I think Ohio State could have done just fine last year. I say that with knowing that that Ohio State would be replacing the eventual national champion, Alabama. But – no, I I, so, I certainly think that they did the right decision. The interesting argument comes if Georgia holds on and beats Alabama because I'd still, in theory, think the same thing, that Alabama shouldn't be in because they didn't win. But then I'm looking at two years ago where Ohio State got in as a one-loss non-champion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just really interesting to think where the philosophy of this all goes. And I think – I've said this a couple times before in the past. Notre Dame being in this playoff really adds another wrinkle of complexity and really I think is is probably going to start opening up some of the doors of talking about should we add an extra round of games? Should we make it six? Should we make it eight? How should we best approach this? Because now we're leaving out – this year it's still two conferences that are being left out. But say Alabama gets – say Alabama loses and they leave out the Big 12 – you leave out three power conferences out of the out of the playoff. That's really not a good look, and not what these guys all signed up for. And, and right. I think that there's some there's some problem with it that we need to figure out how to troubleshoot. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I would tell you, it, you know, if Georgia had been undefeated and lost, I would have put him in. Yeah, um, that's fair. That's how I would feel about it in this case. You know, I, it's tough because I, I really – I would tell you this. When you look at the rankings, we can dive into the ranking discussion. So if you look at the rankings here and let's – I mean, you, you play it out. If you did – six teams seems really legitimate to me. But oh, yeah. as soon as I go to eight teams, you're including – you're theoretically including Michigan, who I don't think deserves it at all after their, you know, absolute getting thrashed by Ohio State. And UCF, who maybe does deserve it, and even if even if Michigan didn't deserve it, who would be your eighth team? Washington, who kind of backed their way into a conference championship. You know, Florida and LSU, Penn State, good teams, but they had three losses. So uh, this is where I've talked about. I think six makes a lot more sense than eight, only because you get a couple, you know, quote unquote wild cards as well as some conference champions. Sure. Um, and so, to me, if we had done six this year. I'd have been really comfortable with that. But but anything more than that, at least to me, I would have been like, you know what, I'm not sure this is exactly what I'm looking for. 
when I, when I come on to watch football. So I, you know, I'm back and forth on it, uh, if you will. Yeah. That's a really good point too, because of the fact that you get into that sort of wild card Saturday of the NFL, you know, where you have the team that comes in as the sixth seed or that fourth division winner that kind of is, eh, and the game that you're watching is really just a complete dud. A lot of those two, three games that we've seen in the past of, you know, that it's been Ohio State and Michigan State, uh, but we saw it with Washington too, that it, it, where they can't really get it going against a Clemson or an Alabama, and it, it turns into a real dud of a game. Um, and in theory of a one to eight system, you have UCF Alabama, which UCF without Mackenzie Milton uh, really, I mean, it would have been a long shot anyway. That's tough. Michigan Clemson, maybe you get some sort of defensive struggle. Ohio State Notre Dame, interesting enough of a game. Oklahoma Georgia, though, to me is very, very intriguing just on the sense of both of those two teams, two very different clashing styles of football uh, would be a really, really intriguing game. But you do get that in the six in the six team system anyway. Same thing with Notre Dame, Ohio State. Right, right. And, and I also think it's worth it's it's you know having those games be played in like a week or two. Yeah, be really cool to watch. You know, really dive in because some of those early bowl games can be a little difficult to watch. Oh my! Nothing God. against those guys, but they can just be a little difficult. And so. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to see something along those lines um, just just to take a look. Yeah, and, w- and one last thing on 8-2, because you mentioned Washington. You then have to wonder, if if you get to 8, how do you necessarily go with automatic qualifiers? Would you say that t- the Power 5 automatically get in, no matter what their record is, and then the 6th is the Notre Dame slash group of 5 best team and then two wild cards there you is to start there you're starting to get locked into having to figure out if you have automatic qualifiers of conference champions and and that's where it can start getting a little tricky especially with a team like washington that has three losses where a team like washington state yes they lost to washington but they're probably the better football team and you know i know they're ranked 13th right now so you know it doesn't really matter but you know it's an, it'll be it's it's one of those things where you're really starting to open back up debate talk. Uh, six right. really gets you. It, it affords you to, to reward conference champions, even if they're not a top four deserving team, sure. but also reward a team like a Georgia who had this great season or if, say Notre Dame had lost, they lose to say they lost to, I'm trying to think who they put, say they lost to USC. Uh, and, uh, that's a bad example because it's their last game of the season, but then they, they at least get a shot at it too of, you know, even though they don't have a conference championship game to, to prove their worthiness. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Um, a hundred percent. So yeah, that would be, that would be something that I, and once again, it, it, you know, I always allude this to that. There's talk about trying to expand the NCAA tournament. And I'm like, well, wait, 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 time out. Wait, there's a lot of teams in the NCAA tournament. Like how yeah. can you, why are we it's adding to- more? It's probably to make the Tuesday and Wednesday of that first week more intriguing. Uh, right. You know, the first the first four, and instead of having just two games at seven and nine, having a full day of games. Yeah, and I and I get that. I just like that. That's my big uh, big thing, if you will. Yeah. Is is the why in that regard? So sure. You know, we'll, big, we'll go ahead. I was just going to say my biggest issue on co- the college football playoff system. 
and granted, this comes from the bowl game, the traditions of the bowl games, having the Rose Bowl on New Year's Day. I still am not a fan of the fact that you have four weeks between your conference championship and the playoff. I get you're building up to the big bowls and whatnot, but I think it's utterly absurd that you're giving that these players not only like they, you know, they have to go take finals and whatnot, but the fact that you're that there's so much downtime that it creates such a weird variable of who, you know, who's going to come out of the gate faster and whatnot, and almost like a complete reset. I, I don't know. It's just for whatever reason, it just doesn't sit well with me that we that we wait 28 days between the meaningful, the seriously meaningful games in this in this playoff yeah. system. Yeah, and, that, and that's one of the reasons why I, I I would be okay with the move to six. Although my dad reminded me, he said, "Matt, remember." I know that you know, but back in my day, they just voted after the bowl games. It wasn't even a national championship game. It was just, yeah. oh, hey, but and he was like, and, and there'd be tears where you're like, how can there not be a game? So I always yeah. laugh when he tells me that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you know, if, <laughs> looking back at the college football play or uh, championship system has been. It's absurd of how it used to used to function. Really, before we were born, that's that's how it was and right around like the mid nineties, they decided to add in, I forget what it was called the pre BCS determinant. And that quickly went away. The BCS came in and it quickly saw all of its uh, controversy really arise. Yeah. And then the play, you know, I think the playoffs done a good job and it's, it's certainly building the purpose of having four teams in there. And once the teams start playing, nobody really cares about who got snubbed, just like with the NCAA tournament. Uh, nobody cares about who ended up getting snubbed, especially if it's, you know, Alabama goes on and wins Ohio state in 2014 goes on and wins, or even in the basketball, the basketball tournament, Syracuse a couple years ago was a, you know, this, Oh, this, they got in cause they're a big name program. And then Jim Beheim takes them to the final four. I mean, it doesn't matter once the ball, once the ball goes into play, whether it's the football, the basketball, the baseball, the hockey puck, the rugby ball. I don't know why I used rugby there. But you know, it doesn't matter once uh once everything starts going. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I, I would tell you, you know, let's well, let's take a look. I, I don't. I mean, we we we're going to be doing. I mean, bowl previews. I, I would say on a relatively. I yeah, mean, next we'll do, week we're we'll going to do one next right week. It. Yeah, I, I would tell you this early on. If there was if there was a game for you to kind of try to tune into, just up front. On December fifteenth, so well, just over ten on the days. First day of bowl, of bowl season. Yeah, the one I really like there is Fresno State Arizona State. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up. That is yeah. a fantastic bowl game. Yeah, and we don't have to get. I don't want to dive once again too much deeper there, but I want to point that out. I think that's taste. the best best full first taste. one there. Um, so we'll see what happens. I, I would also tell you that. Well, I guess we want to just touch on the rankings real quick because we kind of – we really didn't bring up the biggest non-playoff ranking, which would be who is five and who is six. Sure. I think they got it right. Georgia at five and Ohio State six. Okay. So I guess because it would have been interesting if – I guess my question to you is if Oklahoma lost Mm -hmm. to Texas, would that have meant that Georgia got in over Ohio State? I think that does – I think that is exactly what it meant. And I think that's right, though. Even though, I, I, I again, yeah. I'm contradicting myself, but I think, like, Ohio State's loss to Purdue was so bad 
that it's this like it's such a bad taste in everybody's mouth that they're it's basically do we really want to do this again of putting a Big Ten team in against Alabama that looks like they're going to steamroll everybody and have this really shitty playoff game where Alabama right. wins forty to nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, where granted that was Michigan State that did that against Alabama, but Ohio State came back the next year and put up a dud against Clemson when we thought that was going to be a great game. Right, so, right. Yeah, it's a great point you make there too. You know, I, I it's just it's it's all you know, you always contradict yourself when you get this nitty gritty stuff. Um I, I would also say I thought really one through six I really agreed with. I would have flipped seven and eight. I would have put UCF ahead of Michigan to beat Memphis without their, you know, dark horse Heisman, if you will, candidate, and Mackenzie Milton, who you know, suffered that terrible leg injury. I thought they were the better team this year. I've been on a neutral field. Um, and, and after that, I really thought the committee got it right. I really liked a lot of the other teams they had in there. By the way, big on them to leave Northwestern out of a five-loss team in the rankings. Yeah. I would love to see if there has ever been a five-loss team in the college football rankings, because that's a lot. Um, that is a lot. Yeah, they did drop Eight out of the five. AP poll, yeah. replaced by Army, who, by the way, I still think is getting the short end of the stick. Um, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Also let Boise State in after they lost to Fresno State. In a thriller, really. Um, but another one there as well. So um, once again, the SEC dominates. Oh, yeah. I mean – you look at the bottom of it, Missouri, who is only going to get better now that they got Kelly Bryant coming their way next yeah. year. Then you have Texas A&M and Mississippi State at 19 and 18. You move up. You have Kentucky at 14, LSU, Florida at 11 and 10. You got Georgia at five, Alabama one. I mean, just another uh, SEC dominant year, if you will. And it's, you know, the, eventually this is going to turn around and we're going to see another conference emerge <laughs> Supreme, but it does not look like the SEC is slowing down anytime soon. Yeah, no, right, definitely, uh, definitely there, and 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 I. It's a shame that the bottom rankings. I mean, I get why the top four matter. It's just you know, these other teams here. They just had really good seasons. They're getting overshadowed, um, if you will, up and coming programs. Syracuse, you mentioned Missouri, Iowa State, real holds on and stays in there. Um, and mm. good on Kentucky, by the way, as well, to 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 get that done. Um, they will have a tough bowl game, but we'll see if they can get to 10 wins as they take on Penn State, um, in which will be the last – the last um, – what's it called? Last uh, Trace McSorley game as a Penn State Wolverine. So it'll be interesting to see if they can get to that 10-win season. Say again? You said Penn State Wolverine, and I corrected you. Oh, well, I mean, we owned them this year, so I guess that's fine. But anyway. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and let's look at some of the bowl games and see which ones do we think the committee got right in terms of scheduling. I know uh, Penn State-Kentucky is not a New Year's Six game, but let's start in the New Year's Six, and we can look. Maybe we can give one of our – we can each give our favorite non-New Year's Six bowl as well. But, Matt, did the committee – pick these New Year's Six Bowl games correctly, in your opinion? I thought it was – I thought it was – yes. I, I liked a lot of those choices that they did make there. Um, it's always tough because there's always going to be a couple teams where you're like, really? Uh, I, I, I guess I'm happy that 
they allowed um, a UCF. I mean, UCF won because if not, it would have made it a little weird, you know, mm-hmm. with the with with those games. Um, oh, by the way, we also talked. I want to bring this up once again. I think the right choice is to have the two playoff games in the 29th. I want to make sure I'm clear. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I would say the one. It's a little strange to me. Mississippi State, Iowa. That's a new year. That's on the first. It's the Outback Bowl. Yep. Now that that's got to be because of uh, because of conference commitments there. That's just yeah. kind of a weird one, though. Um, I love yeah, Kentucky. Yeah. Go ahead. That was always the Michigan Florida game, uh, and I know they're playing this year, but that was like they, they always seemed to meet in that bowl game. If neither made their respective BCS bowls. Right. It right, always right. Is on New Year's Day at noon. It's a weird game. Um, but you know, I mean, no, that's a really good, that's a really good non-New Year's six bowl game. Yeah. It just, it just wanted to bring it up cause I know it's there. You know, I, I guess a couple things, Florida, Michigan's on the 29th. So the, that's when they're, they're going to do the peach bowl. So that one kind of gets pushed up on the same day as the big two. Although if you can sit down and watch, you can start with them at noon and go right into the playoff games in the afternoon. Yep. Um, I love Kentucky Penn State. I think it's a great matchup. I think that's great. Um, I think it's a little tough for UCF to have to go against LSU. Yep. Uh, because LSU's defense is really good. Yes. Um, and, and without Milton, I'm not sure even with their backup in, they're going to have much of an opportunity. You know, obviously the Rose Bowl was set already. Um, so that's what it is there. I'd almost have rather seen, and I what were the, I don't know what the commitments were. I don't well, see. You can't do Georgia LSU. That doesn't. That's not fair because they're both SU. I mean, you could, but they're both SU schools. So Georgia Texas has the opportunity to be a fantastic game um, if Sam Ellinger can can really w- swing it around against that defense. That could be really fun to watch. Um, but the Longhorns they don't face offenses or defenses built like Georgia's. Right? I mean, yep. Oklahoma's not Georgia. We already talked about this. They're a sledgehammer. Georgia's a sledgehammer. They've got two elite running backs, a good quarterback that runs some, you know, good play. It's going to be a, I think it's going to be a tough game for Texas. I guess what I'm saying is, I'm not really the one game I'm really fired up about on New Year's Day is this is Kentucky Penn State. Yep, that would be it for me. Yeah, that'll be a really interesting game. And fun fact about Texas, they are the first four loss team to get into a New ah, Year's Six Bowl. Okay, yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. And- this is also it. this is also the most number of three loss teams that made it into the New Year's Six this year with Florida, LSU, and Washington. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I guess I would say this. I guess that to me, the the big quote unquote teams that were left out, if you will, mm-hmm. were Washington State and West Virginia. Yeah, West Virginia being left out kind of shocked me. I guess they they only brought in two Big Twelve teams, so they didn't want to. You know that there was. There's no reasonable team that you'd think would West Virginia would get in over into right, a New Year's Six game, except for UCF. But UCF ends up winning, so you can't yeah. really can't really change anything there. Washington State's there. a really good one. That's a really good call because there's only one Pac-12 team represented across mm-hmm. the New Year's Six. I would tell you it's 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 the money of of Texas that that gets them in over Washington State. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. And and then once again. You got Washington State had their opportunity though, so you know as much as we want to say, oh, they should have. Well, if they had beaten Washington, they would be in. So it's not like they didn't have a chance to get it done. They just didn't get it done when they had a chance. So not 
saying that, you know, you know, they don't deserve it. I'm just saying they were in their conference championship game and they blew it. Um, although a bunch of these other teams didn't have to play in a conference championship game. So, you know, Penn State, LSU, Kentucky, they didn't have the opportunity to impress the committee one more time. Um, they also didn't have the opportunity to lose one more time yep. as well. So I would point that out, I guess, when kind of, you know, kind of having that conversation. But – Oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. Washington State, they didn't lose. I'm sorry. They lost to Washington at the end of the year. I apologize. I got confused there. You're good. Let me walk You're back good. for a second here. Washington State, to me, may have deserved it over to Texas, but they don't have the money or the brand name that Texas does. And you know – What about Penn State? Do you think Penn State could have could have gotten into this mix, a 9-3 and three right there at 12 in the rankings? Because they're also a big fan base, an alumni base. Not as big as Texas, of course, but yeah, I, I mean a couple, a couple of things. I think it's a little bit for Penn State to play a Kentucky program who mm-hmm. isn't necessarily, you know, everyone knows Kentucky basketball, <laughs> but Kentucky yep. football isn't that big name program. You know, I mean, how about a Penn State Texas matchup? Would that have been fun? That'd to, be a to, lot of fun. I mean, with the history and everything, that would have been really fun to see. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I, I guess, I guess they. Should, I don't know if they should feel disrespected, but fair enough, maybe a little bit. Yeah, it's really just, it's really intriguing. Obviously, it's arbitrary of just cutting it off at six because, as Matt mentioned, you have Kentucky versus Penn State in a not a New Year's Six bowl, but it's basically a New Year's Six quality bowl because it's twelve versus fourteen. Yeah. Um, in this the Verbo Citrus Bowl. Uh, which goes up against the Fiesta Bowl. So really, you got, on New Year's Day, you got three good games to throw up if you can triple screen your house before the Rose Bowl starts. Uh, right. Four if you count the Winter Classic versus the Bruins and the Blackhawks. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Notre Dame Stadium can be a great time. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a ton of, of great bowl action outside of the New Year's Six. That's a, that's a big one. Um, is there another one that you have an eye out on that you want to that you're definitely going to tune into? Um. I, well, first of all, it's always tough because there's so much else going on. I, I think a couple ones. I, well, the Missouri Oklahoma State, the Liberty Bowl with Missouri Oklahoma State could be a fun one to watch just because of the quarterback for Joe with Locke and OSU is always fun to watch. And when you're talking about the NFL, also watching Oregon play a really good Michigan State defense mm-hmm. to see Justin Herbert, who might be the number one overall pick, go up against a great defense in the Red Box Bowl. Definitely interests me. So funny. <laughs> the names. The name. The, the oh, red box. Bowl. God. I know. It's terrible. It's terrible. So there's definitely something there. Obviously, I'm going to tune into that Temple Duke game. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it's a fun matchup. The Ind- Walk-Ons <laughs> Independence Bowl uh, down in Louisiana. Yeah. Walk-Ons so, is apparently an awesome chain of, I think, bars in Louisiana. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's neat. I know it's a it's like a big bar to go to when you if you go down to an LSU game. Yeah. Although this game is in oh. Shreveport, so a little bit a little bit further away from Baton Rouge. You can make it down if you want to. But that that would be that would be a couple of the games that I'm kind of kind of try to tune in on. There's some other big names, but those two I, I now I'm kind of starting to look at pro prospects, if you will. Yeah. Um, the other one I might not for the actual game because I think it's going to be a pretty one sided affair, um, but. You have Stanford playing Pitt 
in the Sun Bowl than on El Paso. Stanford just has a couple guys, including a wide receiver that I really like, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who's like 6'12", which I know is not a real height. But this guy is a massive guy, huge target, and probably going to be in the the, the NFL on Sundays doing something. And I'm always – so now I'm always trying to look around to see – if I can pick some of these guys up, if you will, and I, I want, I want to know what's going on for my future dynasty draft. Okay? Oh yeah. yeah got it. Got to always keep an eye out for the dynasty draft. Also Northwestern Utah could be yes. a low scoring. Could affair. Be a great game there. Yeah. Uh, the two that I have are both on the same night. I'm looking out for the camping world bowl between West Virginia and Syracuse. And then right after that, the Valero Alamo bowl, between yeah. Iowa State and Washington State, I know you mentioned that before, but that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I, I would actually definitely agree with those two. That's going to be a good back to backer right there. No. Um, some great quarterback play, some great offense. I think both have the opportunity to be high scoring. Um, yeah, and and right I, before that's the the Music City Bowl between Purdue and Auburn, and not just. And I'm not mentioning this because of the matchup that could be really could be all over the place because Purdue's been pretty inconsistent as has Auburn, but. The Music City Bowl continuously changes its sponsor. It was originally the Gaylord Hotels Music City Bowl. Now it's Franklin American Mortgage. I believe there was somebody in between there. Um, <laughs> there's just a lot of different different names for it, man. It's They're leaping around, if you will. Yeah, but it's not like it's not like the Belk Bowl. The Belk Bowl has always been the Belk Bowl, except for like hey. 12 years ago when it was some other bowl. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of all the. Um... The Cheez It Bowl, I mean, Jesus! I'm looking at all these, some of these names. SoFi Hawaii Bowl, I didn't even realize that. And that's a home game for Hawaii. How do the hell do they pull that out every single year? Dollar General Bowl, Jared Birmingham Bowl. Which one did they get rid of? It was a cool name for the bowl too. The bowl's completely gone, or they just changed the name. Just change the name. It was a cool name back in the day, and now it's not. And I was it really makes me sad every time. There isn't a Capital One Bowl anymore. They used to have that. Oh, Capital One Orange Bowl. Was that, that what it was? They're the sponsor. Yeah. Orange and Cotton. Yeah. Maybe it was the Peach Bowl, and they were going to make it just the Chick-fil-A Bowl, but they kept it on as the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. I think there was a really- Chick-fil-A Bowl separately, and then Chick-fil-A started sponsoring the Peach Bowl, so they dropped Chick-fil-A Bowl. Maybe that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. I always like when they have a cool name. So like, like for example, the Gator Bowl. Yeah, it's sponsored by the, the t- tax slayer, but it's called the Gator Bowl. Yeah. Um, I know they make a lot of money, but like the Red Box Bowl, give it a name. What's the name? I want a name. Um, the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Fantastic. <sighs> I <laughs> Out of control. Oh, yeah. <laughs> out of control. I like the Camping World Bowl. What's the name? I want a name. I like that. Yeah, it's anyway. just the company. Right, the Mitsubishi right. Motors Las Vegas Bowl. Well, some fit in really well. <laughs> For example, the New Era Pinstripe Bowl. Oh, to, it's so, so great. Yeah, I, that makes sense to me. New Era, the yeah. hat company. I, I, it rolls off the tongue well. Just like, honestly, Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl rolls off the tongue well. It does. Yep. Mm-hmm. Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Eh. Capital One Orange. Capital One Orange Bowl isn't as bad when you say it out loud. I got to be honest with oh. you. Um, I like what about Academy rolled. Academy Sports Plus Outdoors Texas Bowl. That's a tough one. I know it's supposed to be ca- Academy Sports and Outdoors, but yeah. they worded it as a plus. They wrote it down as a plus. Now here is how you know somebody is class. It is the Rose Bowl game presented by. Oh yeah. 
Northwestern Mutual. I lo- it's like so, the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. California yeah. always doing it just a little differently. I like that though because it, it it comes off cleaner. Um, yeah. And I really think that's that's got a good it's got a good ring to it. Um, I still love that PlayStation sponsors the Fiesta Bowl. I think that's incredible. That is actually I actually really do enjoy that one. Makes me like I laugh at that one a little bit. I yeah. like that one. Yeah, I know I'm so with funny. you there. <laughs> but and we'll definitely come at you hard with some, you know, really every bowl preview uh, in the coming weeks here to get you set up. Um, there's so much to talk about. Every bowl game does matter, not necessarily for college, but we talk about the NFL. You know, people are going to be watching, if you will. But we'll be able to watch as well and, and probably pick up some really good potentials. But I guess before we wrap up college, Jordy, they're announcing the Heisman this coming weekend. Yes. Right you, after Army Navy. Yeah. So if you for those who don't know, Tua, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins of Ohio State, three quarterbacks are heading to New York. Nobody else, no running backs, wide receivers. Do you have a prediction for me? Let me let me do let me do this. Do you have mm. who do you think should win and who do you think is going to win? If they're the same, they're the same. I think it's the same. I think Kyler Murray's gonna win. Okay. I would actually agree. I think well, I think Kyler Murray should win. I think he's the best player in the country. Uh, yep. something though. Ooh. Ah, I just have a feeling that two is gonna win because he's been running all year as the head guy. Um and they just, you know, as as he should be, there as we should be. A lot of people are very enamored with him. Yeah. Um, I also think there might be a little bias to giving it to Oklahoma two years in a row. Maybe. So I'm not sure about that. Um, yeah. I definitely think though that that's your one and two. I think it should be Murray though. You see mm-hmm. him play; it's like a video game. He is just he's on a different level. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame, by the way. I hope he becomes a great baseball player. It's a shame he's not going to the NFL because he would be – it would be interesting, I think, although I'm not sure he has the size to hold up consistently. It would be interesting to see him at the next level. Yeah, it would be. It would be really interesting to see. But, yeah, I've, I'd be really interested in seeing – not even interested because we are going to see it. We're going to see a lot of Oklahoma baseball highlights on Sports Center in about two months when we they are. start playing. That's a great Just point. Just like we had it with Venus Winston. That's true. I didn't think of that. That'll be fun to see. Um, see him just continue to be a superstar in pretty much everything he does, no. which will be nice. Parents screwed me and, up there. And just so everyone knows and doesn't think I'm an idiot, college baseball does start in February. I'm not. I didn't just draw out two months randomly. I knew that. They go to Florida. They go to Florida and play. Well, some people might be out there thinking that I'm an idiot, which is true, yeah. but I know at least college baseball start time. <laughs> that's a good thing to know good thing to know um yeah are we ready to make the jump let's do it we finally are getting back to the nfl we gave a little preview last week we kind of ran out of time and gave some quick highlights to it but obviously missed thanksgiving week because we were too busy uh stuffing our faces with turkey so matt we got a little bit to catch up on uh yes. both with our eagles and just around the league as well Let's start with the Eagles, though, Matt, because it's been very much up and down since the last time we spoke about the Philadelphia Eagles football club. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a, it was a really good win to me on Monday. That's yep. kind of how I felt about it. Um, we still have our issues. 
We're not yep. perfect, but we found a way to win. And honestly, other than that one big play by Adrian Peterson, I thought our defense played really well. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's – I was – like I said, I was relatively in, in, impressed with the with the performance. And we're going to get – we're only going to get healthier is the other thing that I keep taking a look at in this case. That's a really good point. Um, I love the fact that they got Golden Tate so involved in the game too because it was one of those – you saw him in warm-ups, and I remember saying it to a couple of people I was at the bar with and just thinking like, oh, man, like, we really need to get him involved. We need him to we need him to really get going. And he finally does. 85 yards and seven catches and a touchdown. I mean, good on you, mate. Um, just Josh Adams continuing to quietly have a uh, fantastic year as an undrafted rookie um, and you know, doing his thing, coming in for what we were afraid of, this, this stable of running backs getting really depleted and losing a Jai so early on and – uh, look at Plunt not coming back and Corey Clement being a little inconsistent. So good on Adams. Yeah, yeah, I would agree there. I, I'm also I'm going to tell you though, I've seen a little bit more out of Corey Clement over the last couple That's weeks. True. That's that true. That have made me. You know, I, once again, a lot of guys came in the season dinged up, and, and to, to me, in terms of a, and I know Sproles was back, but in terms of a third down running back over Adams, and the reason I say over Adams is because my concern with Josh Adams is his pass blocking and how sure. up to stuff he is. So I, Clement, to me, is still a factor. Um, the other guy I'd like to see get going a little more is is actually Dallas Goddard. Yes. Been a little quiet. I know we're yes. still super high on him, and I know that Ertz is a vacuum right now of catches. But but I want to see that two tight end set. I want to see us throwing out of it. I, I want to see them moving these guys around and, and kind of pressuring defenses. Although the one issue here is I do feel like they have – um, I do feel like they have too many slot guys. Okay, yeah, I right. like that thought. So that's one of the. Every time I watch them play, they've got they've got you know you've got Aguilar in the slot. You've got Tate who can play outside, but also you know is very good in the slot. You've got Jordan Matthews who is although and by the way I think we're forgetting about Jordan Matthews. I I he's got a pass. Um, so you've got really two wide receivers that are slot guys, maybe even a third, and Ertz and Goddard. There's only so much space in the field for these guys, um, and I think that factors into not having Goddard, you know, exploding, if you will, as a rookie. As a rookie, I don't want to get over the top here, but as a rookie. No, I totally agree with that. And you see them run that two tight end set every once in a while, but it's always so apparent they're going to run the ball. So I agree with right. you. If they can start getting them both really moving and – I don't know if it's crosser routes or what they what exactly they want to get out of there because of how dynamic Zach Ertz can be mm-hmm. of how they can best get Goddard going. Like you said, he's just he's only a rookie, so we have plenty of time to to get him moving and really you know, getting a sense of everything, especially with a guy like Ertz, who as a former Dallas Cowboy, Jason Witten, Matt, did you know he was a Dallas Cowboy? When he played for the Cowboys, he had so many catches and you know, he really likes that that uh, barbecue sauce. And I guess Zach Ertz really likes cheese whiz. Um, anyway, Zach, you know, Zach Ertz is certainly a veteran presence as a d- former Dallas Cowboy, Jason Witten told us. Uh, we can get into the money that announcing if you want, although I'm not sure that's good for my health after listening to them. <laughs> yeah. I just, oh, I'm, to me, it's just brutal. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I would say, 
Offensively, I thought I think Carson is also showing a little bit. He's starting to move around the pocket, um, which is something that I really wanted to see him do. He doesn't need to run. He just needs to throw on the run. It's one of the things that makes him the most dangerous. And we saw yeah. him kind of get the same page a couple times with Golden Tate. Nelson Aguilar got involved. That's something I want to continue to see from him. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's what's going to make him great right now. That's what, that's what did it for him last year, too. So let's keep that up <laughs> is what I would totally. say there. Yeah. I totally agree. What do you like their chances for this weekend against the Cowboys? You know, it's going to be a really tough game. I can't tell you I'm overly excited. Um, the, to me, the biggest thing that I'm, I'm concerned about is we don't. Jordan Hicks is going to be out again. I've already determined. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot um, to have Jordan out, and, and that, that concerns me quite a bit um, against – but once again, you have Carson Wentz. Um, that to me is the trump card. He has to play well. He plays well. We have an opportunity to win the game. Uh, but it's gonna it is gonna come down to him big time, I think, in this case. Yeah, that's gonna be really interesting because the Cowboys are white hot. And really, I mean, this is this is pretty much it. If you lose this, you're six and seven having to go with two more games on the road at the Rams and at the Redskins to close out the season. Um yeah, I mean, it's really make or break. If they win, they get the tiebreaker in the division, which is humongous. Yeah. Um, but it's seeming more and more, Matt, like nine and seven is going to be the, the magic number to win the NFC East. Yeah, I would agree with that. And this is why this game, to me, is a must win, knowing that you're going to Los Angeles, which, by the way, it's the NFL. So anything could happen. You know, But knowing you are heading to Los Angeles next week, at, next week um, and then you've got Houston uh, – and, you know, so you could easily go two and two here, um, potentially. So, to me, that makes this an absolute must win. Yep. Um, yeah, I would say it's a shame that the Saints couldn't help us out because yeah. that would have really changed things to me. Uh, so, we have to figure, assuming you're going to beat Washington again with Mark Sanchez as their new starter, you got to win this game and then, and then hope hope that you can find a way to beat either the Rams or the Texans. Yeah. Uh, 4-0, by the way, to make this clear, 4-0, you've won the division. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Not like, even beat, a question in my yeah, mind. Yeah, if you're 10-6 at that point, yeah. I mean, that's assuming you beat the Cowboys, who then moved to 7-6 and six this week. And granted, they have a pretty easy schedule down the stretch, but – Well, that's, yeah, that's think, really the other thing, and that, that's why it's going to be so hard is because of these other teams' easy schedules because – at, at, this is good. They weren't. They didn't win the NFC last year. They don't yeah. have a first place schedule, um, no. you know, coming at them. Uh, yeah, no, at I the Colts, at the Colts is a tough game. That so that is true. I mean, they, they've kind of put up a dud this weekend, but the Colts did. But I would I would agree with you there. That that I definitely agree with. Um, so we will see with the with with our birds. I, but I think they do have a very good opportunity this weekend. It's just a tough game on the road. Um, you will be, by the way, you will be receiving live pictures and videos. Uh, the Thunder Block will be in Jerry World in Dallas this coming weekend. Let's go, baby. We partake in the festivities. We will be loud and proud with a lot of Eagles green on as we go up against our hated, bitter, overrated rivals, if you will, the Cowboys. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. By the way, in other NFL news, Talk about a huge fall from grace. 
Kelvin Benjamin has been cut by the Bills. I know. I saw that the other day. The he, Bills, how many wide receivers did they run through? Oh, my God. I mean, you think about really starting back with Sammy Watkins, um, yeah. who, who who has had a little bit more success since leaving there, but quite frankly is probably going to be labeled a bust yeah. um, to, an, to where he was drafted. Sadly. But but Benjamin came on with the Panthers, had a huge rookie here um, as his big physical wideout. First rounder, I believe, out of Florida State. And then has really struggled since. Just really not been a particularly good wide receiver. There's clearly some kind of a workout conditioning issue with him as well, which has affected him. Um, not what the Bills were thinking when they made the move to get to bring him in either. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the way, this is the Bill, this is a Bills team that is desperate for offensive playmakers to help their young quarterback. So it's not like they have a bevy of offensive superstars running around the field. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, um, and, and, the because yeah. they are in a really precarious spot. They have yeah. Josh Allen who kind of looks like he might be the answer. Maybe. Um, but you got to help it. You got to help the guy a little bit here. Yeah, you need you need to get weapons around him and I don't know what their best bet of doing that is if it's through the draft, if it's trying to pick up guys via free agency. I mean, you can't possibly start trading more and more assets to try to pick up guys because then you're going to be finding yourself really, really barren when it comes to the ever important NFL draft. And I think the other thing, Matt, you got to find a running back to replace McCoy. Once shady gets yeah. a little too old to, to be yeah. a feature back. I would also tell you this. It's hard to lock a lot of money up in a running back like shady at yeah. this point, too, you, you know, you yeah. can really spread that uh, that around a little bit, uh, maybe help out. Yeah, um, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see what goes on with them this weekend, though. They're playing the Jets at home. Yeah. They smacked the Jets on the road a couple weeks back, so you know, stranger, you know, stranger things have happened. They'll move to five and eight, hopefully. Five and eight. Uh, they actually have no. They don't have the worst. Let's see. Second worst points against third worst Buffalo um, leaders in the clubhouse. There would be the Cardinals and really the Raiders have the worst point differential in the league. They are oh, yeah. abysmal heading towards what appears to be a number one overall pick, which will be fascinating. Um, I think other thing, by the way, the, the they've clinched the Rams have. Yes, they have. And there's but, plenty of other clinching scenarios this weekend, which mm-hmm. we can go over. Mm-hmm. I know the Saints are very close, right? Yeah, the Saints have a couple. They can clinch a playoff berth with losses by all three of these teams, the Vikings, the Eagles, and the Redskins, or they can get the NFC division or the NFC South division title with a win or a Carolina loss. Gotcha, gotcha. Carolina, by the way, four straight losses. Yeah, After really. Being six and two, and upsetting the Eagles at that mark. Yeah, they're they're really turning turning a, a bad page there. I'm not sure they're going to make the playoffs. Playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if they are either. Um. Yeah. I mean, so they're sitting they're sitting at six and six right now, and they're not looking good. I mean, their defense is just really falling apart. Yeah. Um. Defense has uh, and Newton's been struggled. Um, made some poor throws and picks. Um, 
And, I mean, honestly, they're only a game up on Tampa Bay. I mean, I don't know the division is already over pretty much, but you know, Tampa Bay, which really leads you, by the way, let's do we do this preview now. When you look at the NF, NFC, the, the Rams are a lock and the Saints are a lock, really, all intents and purposes, for a playoff spot. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so those guys are probably going to get your first-round buys because the next closest is the Bears with four losses and with an injured Trubisky who are battling for their divisional lives against the Vikings. So right now, though, you look across across the Seattle Seahawks are number one. Are, are, are the – I mean, and by the way, I, I want to go back and listen to our podcast because I am relatively certain that I thought the Seahawks had an opportunity to be in the playoffs this year. So great work there by Pete Carroll. He's done a fantastic job with that team. Yes. Um, and I'm interested to see if they can pull it out. They are with Russell Wilson and a, an improved running game with Chris Carson, along with a better than it's an it's an underrated defense if you forget that they used to be the Legion of Boom. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, a really good way to put it. I don't know if anybody's going to want to play them come, you know, come playoff time. No, uh, Bobby Wagner is still one of the best linebacker, middle linebackers in all of football. Yep. Um, by the way, they lost to the Rams thirty-six to thirty-one and thirty-three to thirty-one. They were yeah, right. They kept it close there. both times. Yep, they were right there. So and both times they were like more than a touchdown dog too, which is just insane of how some of these lines can get drawn yeah. up in the NFL. And then the, the Vikings appear to have the inside track for that second wild card spot if they're unable to take over the Bears. So I think what I what I'm bringing up here is there, and then obviously the Panthers are still hanging around, and the Eagles and Redskins are still they're a game out of the wild card at this point. Um, they're half a game right now. Half a game, right, right, right. Well, the problem just. One less loss because the Vikings had that tie. Right, right. So a lot of teams are still in it um, in the NFC. Uh, I think the AFC is a little bit clearer. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. The AFC is the haves and the have-nots. Right, right, right. Although a couple teams have made a run here to get back involved. But I think at this point we all agree the Texans, the Chiefs, Chargers, and the Patriots are going to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. is one more wild card spot. Now, this is where I think that last spot becomes very interesting. Okay, so I, the Ravens are locked in now, but they only have a game lead on a bevy of football teams: the Dolphins, the Colts, the Titans, and the Broncos, who have roared back with three straight wins to six and six. Yep, that is. It's going to be a dogfight for that last spot. I, I like the Ravens' chances a lot, but I can't count out uh, you know some of these other teams. So it's going to be it's going to be wild for that last spot. But I do think the picture is a little bit clearer divisionally um, and and for the most part overall. Yeah, it, I mean, it's going to be a really interesting chase because while the Steelers are only a half game up on the Ravens right now, I think that's, it's safe to say they're going to turn it around and, and get run away with that. So where the Ravens decide to go from here is going to be really interesting because you have the Lamar Jackson who got a little banged up last week. You have Flacco who, you know, who knows how he's feeling after getting turned away from. Um, yeah. It's going to be really intriguing to see what, what happens there. Cause think about it. The Colts, if they start getting it going, they could, 
they're probably not going to catch the Texans in terms of the division race, but they, they could certainly make a run to the wild card and, and we could see what happens there. Uh, same with the Broncos. If we see what happens with them, I don't really trust the Dolphins too much to make a run there. So I'm going to kind of pencil them out of the playoffs, even though they're sitting at six and six. I like the Titans, even though they've been pretty inconsistent throughout the season, really good at home, but really struggle away. The good news for them is they have three home games and one away game in the month of December. So good for you. Yeah, it's I, I agree with you. I think the Patriots, Texans, Chiefs, Chargers are locks. Then you I think the Steelers have the North locked up and then maybe the Colts just to pick a little bit outside of the box for that last spot. I I would love to see that. I really would. Um uh, who do they – let me see their remaining schedule because I, I that loss to Jacksonville really, really hurts them. Yeah. Um, the problem is yeah, – yeah, What a weird game that was, by the way. I know. I know. Here's my concern with the Colts. They're at the Texans. Then they Ooh. get the Cowboys, and they finish at the Titans. Easily could be a one-and-three finish. Yeah. Um, which is Ugh. really – which is why that loss to Jacksonville just hurts so really much. really hurts. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that one to me might – that's my biggest concern with them in this case. You know, that Broncos team is hot, um, and and they have probably the schedule to do it because they're at the 49ers, then they're, they they go, to the, they go to the Browns, then they're at the Raiders. Now, that could easily be three more wins in a row, and then they've got to go to the Chargers the last week of the season, who may have nothing to play for, though, um, if the Chiefs pull ahead here somehow. So I look at a team like the the Broncos and say, okay, they could be three and one. That is definitely going to be good enough, I think, to get a nine in. seven. Yeah, I, I think, and here's why: because the the Ravens are at the Chiefs and at the Chargers. Now they also have games against the Buccaneers and the Browns. So I think I think the Ravens and the Broncos are the two teams to really really watch um, in this case too. Um, although, see now you start looking around though, and the the Titans, Jaguars, Giants, Redskins, Colts, they could win out and be ten and six with a with a record like that. Wow. Okay. All of a sudden, this is this picture. Like you start to look at these, and then by the way, I think the team that doesn't make it is the Dolphins. Dolphins are Patriots yeah. and Vikings. Yeah, you got to push the Dolphins. Kinda. I think they go at best. They go two and two. Yeah. Um, by the way, it's I, good for them. Aiden e, I would I not have expected that, that at the beginning of this year. I am still high on the Dolphins. Adam Gase has done a really good job there. Yeah. So very excited to see them moving forward. If they think Tannehill is truly the guy, which with Gase, he's looked pretty good. So we'll see what happens. But I guess after looking at those schedules, it's kind of it's going to be a it's going to be really tough for a couple of these teams. Um, I would like to see the Colts, but the Ravens' defense is arguably the best in the NFL. It'd be kind of cool yeah, to see them go against pretty good. seeing them go against like the Chargers. Not wouldn't be the Chargers; they'd be another wild card team. But seeing them going up against, say, the Patriots or the Steelers would be interesting. Would be interesting. Yeah, that would be fun. That'd be a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. Loaded up, if you will. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean the Ravens too. I mean they they unfortunately have to go to Kansas City this weekend, but then they, they actually do have to play the Chargers in the second last week. But 
they go at Chiefs versus Bucks at Chargers versus Browns. So a two and two finish, nine and seven. You know, that would put them at a that put them at an eight and, or no, it wouldn't because there's a couple NFC teams on there. But that puts them what would that be? Seven and five in the conference. Uh it's close. Close. But you know? Yeah. No, I'm with I you. I think yeah, I think I I like the Ravens in the play. Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna stay with stay with my guns. I think okay. the Colts or the Titans are gonna be that last team. All right, all right. No, I look. I I certainly agree with you there. I, I like the Titans to find a way in just because of their their schedule, really. And by the way, I think the Titans are a better team than a lot of us give credit for. Uh, yep. Yep. So we'll see what happens here. Yeah, going to be a ton of fun. Um, what games this weekend are you keeping an eye out for, Matt? Well, I mean, obviously. I'm going to be literally watching one of them, uh, which is a huge game. Uh, it'll be an amazing game to watch the um, uh, the Eagles and the uh, um, and the, um, the Cowboys. Had a brain fart there. Had a brain fart there. Excuse me. It's kind of good. a dud of a kind of a dud of a Thursday night game, to be honest with you. So probably not going to tune in overly there. Um, definitely Baltimore, Kansas City. You already mentioned. I think that game is going to be really potentially really fun to see if Kansas City can do it against the best defense. Um, it, arguably in all of football. I'm going to be honest, though. Other than that game and the Eagles game, not a lot of – okay, if Trubisky plays, that would be a fun game to watch. Yeah, Rams-Bears. Yeah, that's the, the Thursday the – th- uh, the Sunday night game. Um, but So that would be really the one I would definitely tune in on. Um, the the Colts-Texans game – Texans have won nine in a row. It's hard, as you saw with the Saints, to keep winning in the National Football League. It's I, at home. It's hard, but it's at home. So I like the Texans here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the Monday night game could be really fun. Minnesota, Seattle, two wild card teams battling. That yeah, to me I think is that's the, the game of the week. I'm circling that one 100. percent Yeah. 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 No doubt. I think that's going to be a really good, really good game. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you there. I'm really big on that one. Yeah, I mean, a couple others that are just on the slate. Saint, uh, Saints Buccaneers. The Saints, obviously, looking for revenge from that week one loss to the Bucks in a complete shootout where uh, Fitzmagic really did its thing. Yeah. Um, you got the Packers-Falcons game that, at the beginning of the season, you would have thought might be a Sunday night football game. It might have even originally been Sunday night football, and it got flexed to 1 o'clock as both teams are – are a combined eight, 15, and one. <laughs> I mean, what a really bad year from two teams that we thought were going to be certainly contending for division titles and possibly in the NFC championship against one another. Um, yeah. Panthers Browns, a game that, that could be interesting just for sort of a, almost a loser leaves town type of atmosphere. Uh, the Browns obviously just looking for this point of pride and a good season since letting go of Hugh Jackson. The Panthers, I mean, what, we need to see where they're at. I mean, if they lose this, they're really bad on the road. Their only road win being that comeback win against the Eagles, where really if the the Eagles don't start putting up a prevent defense, the Chiefs would, or the Panthers would be zero and six right now on the road. <laughs> so really, you know. Interesting matchup there. We mentioned Jets, Bills, uh, Eagles, Cowboys. Yeah, Thursday night football. 
kind of the return of that game. It was always this Jags Titans game was always a Thursday night football staple of just complete shit football. Um, and despite Tennessee only being a four point favorite, I think that's a Thursday night football special. Uh, I, I like the Titans here. I think the Jaguars put up a lot last week against the Colts for that upset. And I think Tennessee gets it done here. Gotcha. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Well, Matt, you got anything else? No, I mean, um, like I said, it's it's this is it. You know, four weeks left in in, in the NFL. We're gonna learn a lot next four oh, yeah. weeks. So excited to to be a. It's gonna be wild, and there's gonna be a couple of things we don't see coming, which is always why it's so great, um, in my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah. The team that that comes out of nowhere and has some like all of a sudden is the driver's seat uh, coming into week seventeen. It's incredible. Right. And yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun to watch coming down the stretch. Yeah. And, Obviously, and look forward to look forward to our um, our bowl preview. Yes. Once look again, forward sponsored, for our, by, yeah. sponsored by Schneck Book. Yes. Um, and he, you know, big time, big time betting, and uh, yeah, want to make sure. Do we have a new code from Logan, or is it still Babbage? No, 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 no. Yeah, it's still Ravage for now, but we'll have a new one for you next week. Get you all the way down to 60% of bookie fee. Help you yeah. out a little bit. Here. I mean, it's better than 90%. Better, better than, than 90%. 90%. We're, we're working hard on them here, all right, to try to help you guys out. So uh, hit hit up Schneckbook founder Logan anytime you'd like. Um, yes. Tell him to come on to the podcast. Yeah, there you go. We'd love to see his lines, um, see if he can give us something to, to go off of there, if you will. Yeah. Logan's picks. That should be a new segment sponsored oh, by Checkbook. Checkbook. <laughs> but yeah, also keep an eye out for our Capital One Bowl group on ESPN as we do every year. You can compete against me and Maddie D. Uh, I think we just do straight up. I'm not a big fan of confidence points, so that's what traditionally we've done. But if you yep. really feel like confidence points are your thing, try to convince us, and uh, we'll we'll send it over to Logan. The 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 ruling dictator of our fantasy league who never listens to any rule changes that we try to throw his way. <laughs> no, never does. Never does. No, never does. Never does. Uh, still pushing for the super flex position, but <laughs> I, I need an auction draft first before I get that. Yeah, anyway, yes, Matt, one step at a time. Yeah, one step at a time. Matt, thank you as always. This is this was a ton of fun. Again, keep an eye out for Matt and his whole crew down in Dallas. Uh, if you see him, buy him a beer, Matt loves beer um and you'd really make his day you find um, me in dallas i'll buy you a beer how does that sound anybody so oh, there you go <laughs> now i'm gonna fly to dallas hey <laughs> um, but yeah follow him on thunderbox sports on instagram uh for all the stories all the posts he's gonna throw up should be an awesome time i'm gonna be at the flyers game thursday night for 90s night um can you imagine a save by the bell with gritty matt I, I mean i'm excited to see the, the pictures yeah. i really am it's gonna be i really great. am yeah, so keep an eye out for that. Follow us on Twitter, ThunderBLG, ThunderBlogSports.com, of course, where you can find the posts for the for the podcast. Perhaps you're listening to it there, our blog posts, all that good stuff. But that's going to do it for us for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. For my man, Matty D, I am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Have a good weekend, everybody, and let's go, Birds. <laughs>